You're listening to the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast, the place where women leaders, founders, and CEOs come to break free from binge eating so they can have more peace, energy, and make a bigger impact while enjoying the foods they love. If you are a founder, an entrepreneur, a service-oriented person, a helper, someone who wants to help others in the world, then chances are you can identify with the desire to be the change that you want to see in the world. That Gandhi quote that is so famous. And so today we're going to be talking about something that is very dear to my heart, which is how can we be the change that we want to see if we don't have the foundation of self-love and self-compassion. Now, hear me out with this because, you know, the topic of self-love and self-compassion is something that, you know, it's not sexy. You know, most people don't want to to talk about self-love and self-compassion. But if you're here and listening to this right now, chances are you're someone who has a strong desire to make a change, an impact in the world. And so I ask you, you know, can you truly make an impact without having that. And to bring it a little bit broader, I believe that the next generation of people, of human beings, but particularly the next generation of girls truly needs for you to really step into self-love and compassion now more than ever, because this example is needed in the world with the changes that are happening and the challenges that this next generation of girls is going to face. You know, I think about myself and, you know, when I was growing up, there's a couple of things that really stood out to me when it comes to grappling with my sense of self, my sense of self-worth, my body image and things like that. And there's some things that key moments that really just stood out to me. And one of them was being in middle school and riding the bus. And this girl who sat next to me on the bus, you know, I was sitting on the bench beside someone and, you know, the the standard school bus, right? It was really intended for just a couple of kids to sit there. But this girl wanted to speak to whoever was behind me. And so she said, well, she told me that she was going to come and sit next to me. She didn't ask, you know, but she was kind of one of those domineering types of kids. And I definitely was the opposite of that. You know, I was very quiet and kept to myself and was very meek, you know, so I didn't say anything, but she came and and sat on the bus. But at one point, she made a comment about how I was taking up the entire seat with my big butt. (laughs) And, you know, that it stayed with me for so many years. You know, I would often think about that. I'd often think about, well, what would I, what should I have said? You know, I would fantasize that I took her out, you know, and beat her up (laughs) and all kinds of things, but that stayed with me. And it, you know, it took me years to even realize how much it had impacted me, how much it impacted my body image and just the 
you know, the comments um, that weren't even necessarily disparaging, but just comments that made you realize like, wow, people are looking at me. People are making judgments about me. People are making judgments about my body. And I know I'm not alone in this. I know that, you know, you've probably had similar stories and such occurrences in your life. And then I think about, you know, comments that my mom would make, um, not just a, not just toward me, which I know were always well-meaning and coming from a desire to for me to be okay, but also comments that she would make about herself and seeing how she, you know, at times desperately wanted to control her body and, you know, how she really felt out of control of it. But noticing that she didn't feel okay, that she really struggled to love herself as she was and how I just absorbed that. You know, I'm an empath. I don't talk about that much on here, but, you know, if you're an empath, you might be able to relate to that. But you, you know, for empaths, we just tend to absorb the emotions of those around us. And so I, I absorbed a lot of that from my mom, even though I know she loved me, you know, and she, she told me often that she thought I was beautiful, her and my dad both. And so, you know, all of these things I absorbed. And my whole point of bringing this up is look at how much that impacted me. And now look at the world that we live in today. Kids as young as six years old are exposed to things that we could never have imagined when I was growing up. And, you know, a documentary that I highly, highly recommend just for the awareness of the social media and how it works is The Social Dilemma. You find it on Netflix and just being able to understand what social media is doing to our brains and recognizing how young children are being exposed to this, these um, technologies today and how it's now notice this. This is really, really important. And, you know, we, our brains developed without social media. And yet I know I'm influenced by it. You've probably had this experience too. You go online, you go on Instagram or whatever, scroll, you see someone, you see these images and you think um, you compare yourself to them. You know, you think I'm something's wrong with me. I'm not normal. And now think about, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year olds who are going on these apps and seeing these images, these images that are not real and that their brains are still developing and that these tools are actually shaping their brains and their self images. And how they're comparing themselves to these images and, you know, just the the impact that that's having. And it's, it's measurable. The film, The Social Dilemma, it does document instances where it shows how the um, the suicide rate, I don't know if they prove causation, I can't remember, but certainly a very strong correlation when you look at the trajectory of um, the rising suicide rates, it has a very, very much a parallel curve with how many kids are now on social media. So this is very, you know, alarming to to recognize. And as these kids grow up with these with these influences in their lives, how they are truly, you know, um, those of us who <laughs> who grew up and remember a time when these technologies weren't around. You know, who else is going to be able to help this next generation to ground? And who else is going to be able to share these stories of like, look, this is how it used to be. And 
just to be able to be that support, that grounded support, those that are able to truly love um, and embrace themselves and accept themselves, you know, how we can still have that influence. You'll be able to tell the stories and to pull back the veil, be honest online, share, really be able to show how, you know, these images are not reality, be able to share perspectives about what's truly important. And, you know, the great thing is that a lot of the kids are, a lot of the kids do have their eyes open. You know, they're not, not everyone is completely falling prey to, you know, to these influences. And I think that those are the ones that really stand to really benefit from from those who will choose to step up and truly stand in self-acceptance and self-love and self-compassion. So there's a couple of resources that I want to share with you that I that have really helped me to love myself and really, really embody self-love, you know, and it's not an overnight thing, right? It is, it's an ongoing work, but you do hit a threshold when you really commit to it. You hit a threshold where you realize that, you know, you've, you've crossed the point of no return. And for those who are really interested in making an impact in the world, what better way to impact the world than to impact the world by helping others love themselves more? And so again, be the change that you want to see in the world. Be the change. So that means in order to spread love, you must first be love and you must first love yourself because the truth is you are love, but you must love yourself first. So the first resource that I want to share, and I feel like you would have to be under a rock to not already know about this, but about this person. But I love the work of Brene Brown. You know, I love the fact that she is able to really tie in, you know, stories with research and how she's able to really just build these frameworks that allow you to take action on on something that feels intangible, you know, something like loving yourself and having compassion. I think a great place to start is the gifts of imperfection. It is just such an easy read. It's got some some bullets, she calls them uh, guideposts, but you know, something that you can really sink your teeth into and exercises that you can do that will help you to really just start to love yourself. Um, back in 2018, I made a a theme for my year and my my theme was embrace imperfection, let go of perfectionism. And I got to tell, tell you, I'm still uncovering more and more layers of that. I mean, it, it's just, it's incredible how you can, when you really commit to this work, um, you start to see how deep the layers truly go. But the gifts of imperfection is a really just great starter into her work if you're not familiar with her work yet. The next one similarly also has great just tools and exercises and it's Naval Ravikant 
Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends on It. Um, Another practical, applicable book that makes something like loving yourself be feel tangible. Got some really confronting exercises in there. One of the ones that is one of my favorites is, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror and simply saying, I love myself. It's really grounded in other things that I teach, um, such as um, reprogramming your identity, because it's got tools in there for how you can literally reprogram your identity around self-love. So it's another great one for how you can love yourself. And then another powerful, just sweeping work, which I plan to at some point get a copy for everyone in my life that I love because this book is just that powerful. And it made an impact on me that it, it felt like it reverberated when I read it, it it had a physical, visceral impact on me. And it's, um, did I say it yet? Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. Uh, just such a powerful, powerful book. And it relays her near-death experience. And this, it's an, I think they call them um, NDAs for short. And there's a lot of accounts of NDAs, but this one in particular is remarkable in ways that, that I haven't encountered before. And particularly because she has documentation of this, you know, she has the documentation of events that is, you know, you you read it and you're just, you're blown away because there's irrefutable proof that this really happened, this account really happened. But then when you get beyond that, you know, when you get past the fact that she died and came back and the message that she brought back with her is what is so freeing and so healing. And, you know, it just, it removes so much fear and doubt and just, you know, I'll let you read it for yourself and discover this for yourself. But I cannot say enough about this book. It's one that I know I will personally read um, many, many times before I exit this earth. And again, you know, it's something that I will be getting for others as well. And so I think this is a really great place to begin to, you know, if if you are ready to really love yourself. And again, you know, for for those of us who are here to really help people, you can't give what you don't have, you know, and it took me a long time to really get that. And we all start from wherever we are right now, you know, and a lot of times by reaching out and helping others, we expedite that healing for ourselves, you know. But when you really embrace loving yourself, that's when you will really be freed up to help others. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you do decide to pick up any of these books and start to put these practices into work in your own life, I would love to hear from you how that's going. So hit me up on Instagram. You can shoot me a DM at Rashonda Yates on Instagram. And I also want to remind you that Eat With Balance is going to be opening shortly in uh, January. So if you want to be notified when we open the doors, get on the wait list at RashondaYates.com slash Eat With Balance waitlist. And that will be all for today. I'll catch you on another episode of the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have gained any value from this episode or from the podcast in general, then I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review on iTunes. It is such a big help. It helps me to reach more people. And 
if you did gain any insights, I would love to hear your takeaways and how you're implementing these tools. Over on Instagram, you can follow me at Rashandi Yates and send me a DM and let me know what you are using, what you're taking away from the episode, what your ahas are, things that you're seeing differently. I love having conversations with you over there. And until next time, I'll catch you on an episode on on another episode. Bye.